and welcome to the Tavern Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tankar, your bartender in the OSR, your main proprietor at the Tankar's Tavern blog. We were talking trans-dimensional taverns, we, and we kind of still are. Uh, before I get to some voicemail, oh, not voicemails, letters, uh, emails from the 9-11 episode, uh, Glenn Halstrom follows up on the transdimensional tavern idea, and I think it's interesting. So let's listen to Glenn. I'll address Glenn, and then we'll uh, uh, address some emails. Be right back. Hi, Eric. Old Man Grogner here. Just listening to 119, and thank you very much. The dumb waiter idea I am going to steal. I've also decided to call it Tinker's Tea Room. There's going to be a sign out there. It says Tankar's Tavern, but somebody hastily put over the bottom of the sign and wrote Tea Room on it. And that's exactly what it's going to be with the modifications that you mentioned. Even a uh, bootlegging operation upstairs. They may be, be making bathtub gin. I don't know. But I like the dumbwaiter idea. And I think <laughs> I can elaborate on that a little bit. So that's going to be fun. As far as in-world goes... Well, I got banned for three weeks from Morris for doing a Borco meme after that was all dead and gone for a long time. So he didn't like that. But that's about as much as I got. That's about as much as I got anyway. I don't even go on in world anymore. Anyway, have a good show, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Glenn, I love the idea that you're going to run with. I like the fact that they crossed out Tavern and put up here. And yeah, the dumbwaiter story, I mean, I, I, I got that directly from my great-grandmother. I must have been like, I don't know, five, six. I think she passed when I was seven, so I couldn't have been very old. And as I said, when the cops started, or law enforcement, whether it was local or federal authorities, started raiding other speakeasies in the area. So uh, Joe Speakeasy gets raided. And as the cops are leaving, generally haven't taken money and booze, I'm sure, um, somebody goes to the phone, landlines only, remember what time period we're talking about, and calls other speakeasies in the area and say, listen, the feds are out, or they're doing raids tonight, and everybody puts out their tea and coffee. I'm sure uh, biscuits and stuff. But yeah, it's going to be fun uh, seeing a version of this in Gangbusters. I'm really looking forward to that. All right. We also got some letters regarding our 9-11 episode. And I want to address them. Uh, Well, I... uh, Here we go. Sorry, but I'm having like a little connection this morning. Hello, Ark. I listened to your 9-11 episode this morning. I found it powerfully poignant and also touching that you dedicated it to our friend Paul. This is from my friend Tony. This year also impacted me more than some of the other anniversaries for some reason that I can't explain. I, I do think that it landing on a Tuesday, the original day was a Tuesday, I, I think that is some of it. I was there that day, as you know, 
That is correct. You were one of, out of, out of uh, the four, we had four friends that worked down in the trade center. And uh, Paul was the one we lost. We, three of you, made it out. Uh, hearing your brave firsthand experiences of Will and listening to your tribe, how many others did their best to help out any way they could, such as the homeless man and businessman to work and traffic together, was comforting and inspiring. Regards, Tony. Uh, Tony, uh, not a hero. There were heroes there that day, and those heroes were people like like Paul, who you know, made sure everybody in his office was out before he would leave. That's a hero. I mean, yes, I was there. I was sent down there. And, and yeah, like I said, I thought I was going to die, and I was okay with that. That doesn't make me a hero. I was doing my job. If you're a police officer, if you're a fireman, if you're a first responder... If you're going to do those jobs effectively, you have to believe. I, 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 I really, I, I believe this. You have to believe that you are immortal. You have to believe in your own immortality, or else you can't do that job. Because that job, police, fire, EMS, often requires you to face life-threatening situations, and take immediate actions and to run to gunfire and run into fires and run into these situations without that voice in the back of your head telling you to get the fuck out. You can't do your job if you listen to that voice. That doesn't make you a hero. That makes you somebody that's a first responder doing their job. Again, a hero is somebody that goes above and beyond. A hero is something that's not expected. Uh, based upon their job title, their position in life, wherever they are. Paul was a hero. The businessman and the homeless man working together to get emergency responders downtown quicker by directing traffic. They were heroes. No doubt in my mind. The rest of us, like I said, that responded there because it's our job, we did our job. Uh, not disparaging anybody. Some of them went beyond it, but I'm just saying, if if you were somebody, if you were somebody that's a true first responder, it's what you do. And uh, I'm I'm proud of what we accomplished, given the circumstances. And I'm really sad. Seventeen years later, I still mourn everyone that was lost. Got another email on that topic. And not going to go too deeply into it. But what it comes down to is, uh, hey, Tankar, I had a really rough weekend, but this cast was reminded that it gets a shit ton worse, incomprehensibly worse. Thanks for being a hero. I've already argued why I'm not. Uh, I love our hobby, but escapism sometimes needs a reminder that we have heroes out there. Thanks for that. And like I said, yes, we do. But the heroes are people from walks of life that aren't expected to act in these matters and, and do. You expect this from your first responders. That doesn't make us heroes. It makes us people that 
did our job, did our job well, believe with our heads held high. That's just my little take on it. So, here we are, <laughs> almost at the end of the episode. What happened with that? Couldn't tell you, folks. Couldn't tell you. N-World still lacks any kind of news for a news site. So it's been a quiet hobby. Uh, Kickstarters have been quiet, although I do believe there's some stuff that's going to be popping up later this month. That should be fun to follow, but we're not there yet. We had a, a discussion last night in the weekly Tavern Chat. If you're a listener of the Tavern Chat podcast, you really should consider dropping in to the weekly Tavern Chat Hangout. It's Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. until 11-ish. Sometimes that ish becomes much later, but the Tavern Chat Hangout is really... It's a lot of what you hear here in a way. Because you hear me here is how you hear me live. I'm no different. But you hear Glenn Hallstrom, often Jim Wampler, uh, Bad Bunk from North Texas RPG Con. You get a lot of people talking about nerd stuff. And we were talking black and white art and color art in your OSR releases. And it became, I don't want to say a, a heated discussion, but it certainly became a passionate one. And my opinion, I love the black and white art, by the way. No, don't get me wrong. But if you're going to do products for 5e and the OSR, which for a company like Frog God Games, the only way to get their Swords and Wizardry fan base, the products that they expect and want at an affordable price is to put it out in 5e too. Because 5e pays the bills. Well, and that's just that's just being honest. Color art is what expect is expected from 5e gamers. It's, it's what they've come into the hobby with or it's what they've grown accustomed to. And as such, if you're going to do the same product for 5e and Swords and Wizardry, the Swords and Wizardry by default is going to have color art because the 5e version had color art. You're not going to pay for two versions of it. And to be honest with you, I much prefer color art over most grayscale. I like black and white line drawings, but when it comes to grayscale, I'd much rather see that stuff put out in color nine times out of ten. So, going to color doesn't hurt me. I still look see my smaller products, shorter releases. Uh, when I say shorter, page count-wise, I like to see them with a lot of black and white art, but if it goes, if it's good color, not cartoony color, not uh, Jap animation color, but good color art like uh, City of Brass. My God, I saw some of those plates at North Texas. Holy shit. 
There are some damn good art out there, color or black and white. And I think the color is what rocks. At least now, it's what's selling. And if it sells, who am I to say no? If it helps sell the product, if it helps pay the bills and make sure I get more products to read and play with and use, then so be it. All right, folks. On that note, I am going to bow out. Be safe. God bless. Roll those dice well. And I will talk with you all tomorrow. Later, later.